Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kendall Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number 474 being recorded on the 27th of September, 2023 with special guest Vikram Raju. I'm Sajid, and on teams with me, we have Kale, and of course, our special guest, Vikram, who we're going to get to in just a minute. Uh, but before that, uh, let's just cover some news uh, in the Azure space from this past week. I had a few in there. Um, uh, Kale, is there anything in particular you, you you wanted to cover, or I can jump in? No, I had one here. Actually, it's from Evan, who's not joining us here today, but um, he had posted a link, and we can drop it in the show notes. Uh, this is the uh, public-facing... Um, Azure incident retrospective on the Australia East outage. Um, so folks who do go to this link, um, basically we do these things when we have these outages, which essentially goes through, you know, kind of what happened and things like that, all the details about it. Um, these are in video format. I don't know if there's anything written. I'm sure there's something on our website also about this, but uh, these are basically uh, more direct communication. So uh, folks who want to get insight on things like that that happen uh, when, when we have those kind of incidents, uh, this is a good way to do it. Um, I do believe the link, I was just looking here, and these are published on YouTube, but um, this one's posted on the Reactor uh, channel that we have up there for Microsoft. I think uh, in general, they always get posted up there. Sajit, maybe you know, um, but I think that's how this normally happens. And it basically just goes through like the, all the details about it, the duration, the start and end time, what happened, all the details about what services were affected, all that kind of thing. So just pointing that out. That's great. Yeah, nice that you know, we have that uh, open policy, you know, where we talk about all the outages. So that's good. Hopefully we don't get too many of them, but I'm glad we do talk, we do discuss them. Uh, I have a few uh, updates. Uh, Azure Monitor has a nice new feature now. Uh, you know, when you get the alerts, typically in Azure Monitor, uh, it you see an alert and you really don't know how that alert fits with the overall thing, uh, scheme of things that are happening in your uh, in your logs. Now there's a, a nice timeline view that the alerts sit in. So then you get the alert and you can see, okay, you know, I got this other alert before then, or you know, or maybe there's another alert that comes after it. And so you could kind of see a good contextual information around that alert. It gives you a little more insight into uh, why that alert is happening. Uh, then uh, OpenAI has, uh, of course, our favorite service these days, has uh, added the um, Whisper model. Uh, I'm particularly excited about this one because uh, if you recall, Kale, we had talked about how uh, we did the OpenAI uh, like a hack uh, with our um, uh, podcast uh, transcriptions uh, a while back. And I used actually used the Whisper protocol uh, by hand, you know, on my gaming uh, laptop or gaming PC over here. Uh, you know, and I ran all our transcriptions over there. It took a while. It took about three, three and a half days to transcribe all of our uh, uh, podcasts uh, that we have in the blob storage. But uh, not, that is now available in Azure um, OpenAI itself, right? So now I don't have to uh, deploy that model uh, myself. I can just use it in Azure OpenAI. So it'd be interesting to see that there. Uh, then uh, Azure uh, Storage uh, now has uh, malware scanning. Uh, you know, uh, 
in the Defender for Storage. So uh, all the blobs can be configured to be scanned automatically from malware. So that's that's a nice feature. And finally, uh, this is a, you know we've never talked about this considering we're you know we're all developers over here. The uh, Azure w- uh, Web Pub Sub Service. You know it's it's been a, it's something that crept up on us in recent years. Uh, it's it's the service which allows you to host uh, WebSocket endpoints, right? Because typically WebSockets is difficult to host in your own application. And you'd have to put your own server out there and, and expose all the protocols and whatnot. Uh, you know, the Azure Web uh, PubSub kind of does that for you and then gives you a nice way to, uh, like an application model where you can just hook into that, into those WebSocket web socket events. Uh, now, the new feature that's out there, it supports Socket.io. So Socket.io is a very popular uh, web uh, PubSub uh, library out there uh, on the open sp- open source space. It, it supports all the languages, uh, different um, uh, uh, different platforms, etc. And so now Azure Web PubSub is going to support Socket.io. So you can just you know host a Socket.io service inside of the PubSub service, and all you have to do is to write an adapter, right? Which essentially is reacting to those events as they're coming in on the uh, PubSub. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Well, those are all the updates uh, for this week. Uh, so let's uh, turn the mic over to our special guest, Vikram. Vikram, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you know, uh, I we had uh, last talked about uh, Azure Chaos Studio a, a while ago, right? Uh, I, mean, I would say three, two or three years ago. And I figured, you know, it's just, that's one of the, that was a very new service at the time. It was almost in preview, I believe. And uh, I was thinking, like, I'm sure this service has 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 evolved quite a bit, and it's about time uh, we uh, we got an update on it. And so uh, Raju, uh, I mean Vikram and his team have been very very uh, gracious to come on and uh, going to give us uh, you know just a general sense for how, what's been happening in that space. So, but Vikram, uh, first, please introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell us what uh, your passion is in the Azure space, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, thanks, Sujit and Kel, for having me. As Sujit said, my name is Vikram. I'm a pro- product manager on the Azure Chaos Studio team. Um, I think Sujit asked about what I'm passionate about in the Azure space. It would have to be chaos engineering, um, making applications resilient, and helping our customers in that way. Now, uh, you know, so Azure, uh, the Chaos Studio itself has been around. Uh, it's one of, the, I think, the, the newest services in Azure. Uh, and uh, I think also our listeners may not really know or understand, uh, you know, what the reason was for introducing something like chaos. So, yeah, I think most of our listeners understand chaos, but, you know, how does that fit in with uh, making it a service, right? Like, what does that mean? Right, right. So to zoom out a bit, the practice of chaos engineering is basically this cycle of, you know, in the cloud, things are going to go wrong. Your systems are going to go down, whether it's a small part or a big part. And you need to be resilient to those sort of outages. So chaos engineering, really what it does is it allows you to induce those outages to see how your system's going to perform in a safe, controlled environment, rather than having that failure happen in prod and having real customer, you know, effect to those um, outages. So Chaos Studio is Azure's offering of allowing users to perform chaos engineering. So we have a robust library of faults that users can, you know, depending on what kind of resources they have, uh, induce outages on those resources in different ways. For example, 
If you have virtual machine skill sets, you can do an AZ downfault. You can do an AZ downfault specific to zones that you want to take down. If you have three zones, you can say, hey, I want to take zone one and two down, but leave three running and see what happens. Um, and test out a bunch of scenarios so you know that you're ready when these things happen in production. For example, in high traffic settings like the holiday season or you know the new year, times when customers are flocking to your service and you need to be prepared for traffic and things going wrong and having the ability to fail over in a safe way and reducing the customer impact as much as possible. Now, you said that this is something you kind of do when you're still in development, right? Uh, you, you, you obviously don't want to do this in actual production in a production setting. Uh, but is this something that can be, you know, at least configured and so that you can maybe do a, a live drill or something that is is that is that something that's also uh recommended yeah i'm glad you asked that so there are two kind of modalities of doing chaos there's this spectrum of shift left chaos engineering and shift right chaos engineering shift right chaos engineering is more so in prod and pre-prod environments in which you know this is basically the application and the infrastructure that your users are interacting with and inducing chaos on that can validate, you know, basically my actual service when users are interacting with it and things potentially go wrong, how can my system fail over? And then shift left chaos engineering is this idea of when I'm in dev or when I'm in test, can I do something like programmatically gate my code flow? with chaos. So as I deploy my code, I induce chaos and I see how my system performs. So before I even get to pre-prod or prod, I know I'm at least a little resilient to some sort of outages or failures. And I know you you, you keep mentioning the word failover, like you, know, you would physically, I mean, uh, institute some sort of failover to another region or another uh, installation of your uh, software. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I look at uh, chaos and resiliency, I always think about, you know, is the, can the application recover by itself, right? Uh, it's not, not about just about failover all the time, right? It's like, you know, okay, I've got a few errors now. Uh, will, you know, can I just wait for it to, to recover? So uh, is that also part of the uh, reason for Chaos Studios? Like, you know, hey, can my application just tolerate some amount of failure and just come back up? Right. Yeah. Failover is sort of uh, an overused term, I guess, on my part, but exactly what you're saying. Um, can the application itself be resilient um, to some sort of fail failure? And failovers are just a small kind of part of that picture. Um, it's this broad idea of when things go wrong, how do I make sure my application stays up and running so that my customer experience isn't impacted? So when you're running these things, uh, Vikram, uh, these uh, experiments or or whatever you're running in studio, maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Do they um, 
like downstream effects from them. For instance, uh, if I simulated some sort of a fault or something in my infrastructure, but then that like caused my database to get hung up, is that something people should think of? Like, how do they design these things such that like maybe you could turn it on, you can see what the faults are, or you enable this somehow, you get your feedback, but then do you have to like tear everything down and like build it back up from scratch because it like puts stuff in inconsistent states, or how how does that work? You know, for the most part, yes. And it really depends on the fault that you're using. Um, for example, if you're shutting down a VM or VM shutdown fault and the fault is done executing, we can reboot the VM, but we don't make any promises that it'll be rebooted to its original state. So when you run a chaos experiment in the Azure portal, when you click start, you get a warning that hey, this is real chaos that's going to impact your infrastructure and you have to make sure that you're ready for it. Um, so we usually recommend that users don't start in a customer sort of uh, impacting environment like production and make sure they onboard to learning about chaos engineering, getting their team on board, uh, putting in measures to make sure that, hey, once I induce chaos, I don't want my application to be in a state in which it's not operational. I want it to go back to what it was before. Um, so customers need to be um, insistent on having their application either be resilient to the outages and the faults, or if they're sort of just ramping up to chaos engineering, they need to be insistent on getting their system back to where it was and making sure it is that way. And you mentioned, Kale, um, some sort of uh, detail on chaos experiments and how it works would be, would be helpful. Um, so just real quick, logically in Chaos Studio, we have these things called targets. Targets are your Azure resources. For example, a key vault, a VMSS, a VM, a Cosmos DB instance that have been onboarded to Chaos Studio. And what onboarding to Chaos Studio means is you enable the resource to have either service direct or agent based faults to be run on it. And service direct and agent based, those terms are Chaos Studio specific. Um, so, what agent based means is Chaos Studio is going to install the Chaos agent on a VM or a VMSS and cause changes or failures within that actual instance. Um, service direct faults concern Azure resources in which um, Chaos Studio interacts directly with the resource. For a Cosmos DB instance, for example, if we're turning off the read region in a Cosmos DB, we're going to do that directly to the Azure instance and not install an agent on a VM, for example, and have the agent do a more specific failure, like CPU pressure, for example. So does that mean like when you're, you're, people are getting started with this, uh, typically we have like the developers are working on their, their machines, you know, building stuff, applications, things like that. And then we have like some sort of integration, um, integrated dev environment or something like a staging environment or something like that. And then we have production, but like, would they have like, 
uh, in their like this integrated dev that I just called out, or would they do they typically set up like separate infrastructure and say, here I have some templates that basically spin up my infrastructure over here for this chaos, and then I essentially um, you know onboard them as you said uh, to this one, and then I know for sure those are the only ones that are going to be affected by like chaos, you know? Yeah, there are a bunch of different ways in which you can safely do chaos engineering and sort of make it as safe as possible since we are inducing you know real failures in your system and your infrastructure um one of the top sort of guidance points that we give out to devs is earlier on in the um sort of shift left part of that shift left shift right paradigm um a good way to separate out your resources would be to do something like you just mentioned um, another way to do it would be instead of kind of um, instituting chaos on a separate copy of your dev environment, um, you can add it to your CICD pipeline. You don't need to do that work of making a separate copy and having all that overhead to perform the chaos. That's cool. And the other question follow up to that is like as people are getting started again, back to the onboarding, let's say I'm new to the, the, the chaos engineering are there like templates or something where I could say, hey, I really don't even know. I mean, I know a little bit about what chaos does, but like, what should I do? Is there like little things that are like starter templates to get me started to say, OK, well, let's go simulate these things. And then you're like, oh, I didn't even think about doing that one, you know, kind of thing. You know? Yeah, I'm actually I'm really glad you asked that because that is one of our new features. Um, we have the ability in Chaos Studio to create an experiment ad hoc um, or create an experiment from a template. So the two templates that we have enabled right now are an AAD outage template and an AZ down template for virtual machine scale sets. So if a user clicks on one of those templates, they wouldn't be given a sort of from scratch blank screen to go ahead and create their chaos experiment. The faults required to do either the AAD outage or the AZ down would already be in the template. And all the user would need to do is onboard their targets to Chaos Studio, that enabling for service director agent-based faults thing I mentioned, and add them to that template. So they wouldn't need to do the step of, hey, I have this scenario, I wanna do an AZ down for my VMSS. Now I come into Chaos Studio and I have this library of faults and I have to figure out which fault combinations kind of lead to this broader outage scenario. That, that That's very good to hear about the AD, uh template outage template uh, and just a quick reminder you need to rename rename that to <laughs> intra id outage template yep <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> uh but no but that's one of my, uh, the features that i always wanted to see in azure chaos Studio. remember early on because that is a, a very very difficult thing to simulate for applications right to simulate uh, an ad uh, region or uh, the service going down and, and now right. with all the um, the uh, resiliency features built into Enter ID itself into the service, we uh, you can test them out, right? You could see that okay, you know, you still have the outage, uh, but uh, you know somehow the Enter ID service uh, you know was able to use a backup region or something. Is that is that was that the intent of this kind of outage? I'm just wondering like what uh, you know what this outage, uh, what this uh, particular template would do. Yeah, so this template it uses our network security group fault. Um, so it'll disable access to that AD instance or that Entride AD instance, as it's now called, um, by manipulating the NSG rule. 
I see. Okay, no, that's that, that's perfect. So that uh, would uh, allow us to see how the application would react, right? In that case, right. it would not be able to authenticate. Uh, maybe previous tokens that were uh, acquired will still work, but new tokens wouldn't work. So there'd be all sorts of weirdness going on in the application. That's 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 that's, that's very cool. Now you mentioned this uh, is one of the the new features that you have in the service. Uh, I remember early on, uh, you know, you mentioned briefly uh, the VM scale sets, the Cosmos DB. Uh, I think uh, VNet, uh, VNet falls, of course, are, uh, are, are there. What are right. the other faults that are currently uh, available in the fault library, uh, and uh, and and what uh, what's what's upcoming, I guess? Yeah, so the fault library is pretty expansive. I don't want to drain on the full list right here, um, but we do at this point have a pretty robust list, um, and depending on the types of resources that a customer interacts with in Azure, um, they'll be able to find you know which faults sort of fit whatever outage scenarios that they want to go ahead and institute. Um, in terms of new features, one of the new features I mentioned was our templates feature, um, the AZ down template, the AAD outage template. Um, two additional new features that we, we recently introduced were an integration with managed identity. Um, so previously, we had the ability to use system-assigned managed identities in chaos experiments. And how those sort of worked was a chaos experiment needs permission to inject faults on the resources that you add to the experiment. So after a user created an experiment, what they would have to do is navigate to each resource that they had targeted in that experiment and add a role for the chaos experiment on that resource. So if you imagine a chaos experiment that targets eight different resources, you're gonna have a hard time doing all that in a timely sort of manner. Um, so we instituted this ability to use user assigned managed identities in Chaos Studio. So in essence, a user could go to the managed identity portal, navigate to a user assigned managed identity, add whatever roles that they think they would need to use to that managed identity and just add it to a chaos experiment. And an additional sort of tack on to that feature, which I think is the coolest part of the feature, is this custom role assignment piece. And as far as I know, this is unique to Chaos Studio. And what this feature does is when you're on the permissions tab of your create experiment flow, First, you select, do I want to use a system assigned identity or a user assigned identity? And then you can click this checkbox to enable custom role assignment. And what that sort of does is if you, after adding faults and targets to your chaos experiment, don't have sufficient per permissions to inject those faults on those targets at experiment creation time, Chaos Studio will add whatever actions that you need to inject those faults to the identity that you selected by adding them to a custom role and assigning it to the identity. So at experiment creation time, instead of going to each resource and adding a role to your experiment, you can run your experiment right after you create it. That's correct. Cool. So you don't really have to know the individual permissions or rights that are required by uh, the Chaos Studio uh code 
it will figure right. it out and add them to that uh, to the role that that's 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 very smart yeah that, right that, yeah the idea is to to do it for users um uh, and make it as but, low touch but does it also give you like i suppose as a way to see okay what exactly did it do right and uh, these are the yeah. list of all of the permissions that it actually assigned because i can imagine most corporations are going to be nervous <laughs> you know <laughs> giving any sort of access carte blanche right. uh, in that way you know right yeah on our review and create page sort of that standard page um when creating or modifying a resource we have a role assignment section that you know if we created a custom role for you we'll list each action that went into that custom role and we'll specify which identity we wanted or the user wanted that custom role to be assigned to so the idea is to make it as transparent as possible and the reason that we have custom role assignment as a user opt-in checkbox is we want to be intentional about hey you know your org you know your customers, you know the security rules within your company. Um, let's not overstep security on our end and make this your choice and make this your intention. What about, yeah. um, I don't know if there's any features in there for this, but like as you run these experiments or you have like a chaos thing running, uh, you know, obviously you can see like big faults, like it didn't recover, it didn't fail over as you've been talking about here. But what about like smaller things, like for instance, uh, like network stuff that causes downstream effects? How do people typically, customers or partners who are using this, do they typically handle all that themselves? Like they'll go set up, you know, like on Windows, like Perfmon or a bunch of other like telemetry catching tools to, to see what's going on or even App Insights uh, to catch that stuff? Or how do people typically use this to like, Okay, we ran the thing. Now, what's the output from that? You know, right? Yeah, right now in the product, we're mostly the core experience is this platform in which users can create create chaos experiments and run chaos experiments and use that fault library that we talked about. Um, for the most part, uh, monitoring and observability is largely left up to users. Um, but as sort of our next horizon as Chaos Studio, we're focusing on making our experience more end-to-end -end and letting our users within the product be able to view, okay, I induced a uh, network disconnect fault on one of my instances. How is my throughput performing over the course of the experiment? Um, so allowing users to, within Chaos Studio, be able to see not only was Chaos Studio successful in injecting faults or not? But how did my infrastructure perform? Um, and that second piece is very important. Um, since Chaos Engineering, the discipline, sort of corners itself on the scientific method, which we're all aware of, this process of hypothesize, experiment, analyze, improve, and iterate. So if you can just experiment, you're losing sort of a big piece of that puzzle. Um, and the ability to hypothesize about what your experiment may do, analyze what happened, and then improve and iterate is something we're, we're pushing towards in Chaos Studio. And we do have one more new feature uh, apart from templates and identity. So just to touch on that real quick, we have this new feature called query-based dynamic targets. So previously within Chaos Studio, you'd go into your Chaos experiment, start creating it, add a fault, and then after you add a fault, say it's a VM shutdown, you go to target your chaos onboarded resources. 
So previously, you'd have to select just from a list of VMs for the VM shutdown fault. But now with this query-based dynamic targets feature, for target selection, you can input a KQL query that will run at experiment runtime and gather all resources that match its result set that have been onboarded to Chaos Studio. So if any resources have been added that, fil that fit that query result set after experiment creation time, but before experiment execution time, they will be added to your experiment. So if a user wants to do something like, for example, I want to shut down all my VMs that are onboarded to Chaos Studio. Before, they would have to create their experiment and then have their experiment live in Chaos Studio. And every time they would want to run it, they would have to edit their experiment and add any more VMs that have been onboarded. But now they could input that KQL query and that will be done for them automatically. So it's a more dynamic thing. It's not something static. Uh, uh, the list of targets is sort of dynamic. Yeah. Right, right. That's, that's very good. Now, you'd mentioned earlier, uh, Vikram, about uh, running this in a CI CD. I think we talked about CI CD, in other words, a way to deploy your applications or your system with uh, Chaos Studio configured. I'm thinking of CI CD from a different way, though. Are customers using this as a way to validate that their systems are resilient as part of a CI CD deployment flow, right? In other words, you, you, you know, you, you deploy it. And then you run it with the experiments configured and then look at the results, right? I know that there's a lot of work involved here, but is that something that's also uh, on your horizon in terms of offering or making it easier for introducing chaos as part of your uh, code checkout or your you know, pull requests or, or whatever? Yeah, definitely. Right now, you can add chaos to your CICD pipeline. There's this great demo from the well-architected framework team about how to add chaos and load testing functionality to your CI CD pipeline. So maybe we can add that to the show notes. Um, but it is surrounding this idea of how do we make chaos as low touch for our users as possible, just to have it be a part of their daily or weekly or monthly testing cycle that they're like, okay, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, I pass my unit tests, I pass my regression tests, my validation, and my chaos tests. So now I have this more holistic understanding of how my system's going to perform when things go wrong. So we're going to have a chaos coverage score in the future. That's what I think. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> That would be cool. But it, uh, there's no restriction on that as long as the customer's okay or partner's okay with it. Meaning, like, if I have my resources in one region, I can use chaos from a different region or something like that. I just wanted to, is there any restrictions right. or limitations there? Yeah. No, no. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Great. This is great, Vikram. Thank you so much uh, for sharing all the latest and greatest updates uh, to Chaos Studio and also giving us a refresher on what the service is and what it can and cannot do. Uh, so uh, that's something that uh, is, has been very useful for me at least. So thank you so much for that. Well, uh, if you get, if you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get some, uh, you mentioned some links and some resources, so we'll kind of get that from you after the show and we'll put them along with the recording on this one. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, Find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.